Hello everyone, it's Joy and I'm back again with my two companions, Jojo and Sterling. Jojo, you want to say hi? Say hello! She was doing it earlier and Sterling waves his foot at everybody. He's not as much of a talker. He's more of a whistler. There's Jojo. Anyway, so this is Touching Success. This is a podcast about special education. My hopes is to help everybody learn a little bit of something about it. And that includes the administration, the special education teachers, general ed, parents, and even the students themselves, because students should be involved in their own education, especially when it comes to their IEPs, which is individual education plan. I thought I'd do something different today. We've been talking about the different aspects of IEPs and the IDEA, which is special education law. I thought I'd tell some stories about some experiences that I have had as a special education teacher in regards to IEPs and their meanings and what I've experienced in that regards. The first story that I wanna tell has a little bit of meaning for me more so than others because of the parents. The mother went over to visit in another country and she met a guy there and they fell in love and they got married and they came back here to America or some order such as that. They decided they wanted to adopt some children. So they adopted three. I don't know if these three children were adopted at the same time or if it was a case of one child, the next, the next. So these parents, they adopted their children from another country. All three of these children ended up being on an IEP. One of them was not on my caseload and the other two were and for similar conditions. One had Asperger's syndrome. I still refer to high functioning autism as Asperger's because I do feel there is a difference, but that's a discussion for another time. The other child did have high-functioning autism, I think. She definitely had some behavioral problems, and both of them had similar medical difficulties. Now, what I appreciated about this mom and the father is that they both almost always came to the meeting. I know some parents can't always have both because of working, but in this case, they were able to. I think we were close to their job. And... The mother would come in with a binder. I think it had to have been no less than four inches thick, and it grew. And in that, she had all the medical records for each child. She had all the IEPs, all the anything to do with her child when it came to school. It was easier to get records from her than it was from the actual school. Don't worry, I didn't actually do that. And she was always aware of what was going on. She was always on top of everything. She was never surprised with anything that we told her by the time we got to the IEP. And we had multiple IEPs a year, probably one a month, sometimes more. And at each IEP, we had more and more people showing up for it because more and more people were getting involved in the situation. The older child, the one with just Asperger's, He was doing okay. He seemed more of a child that just was withdrawn and had an inverted personality, which is fine. There was some concern for his social skills, so we did do some work with that. We also had this other child, though, who 
she was an outgoing person, and I never really felt like I had that many problems with her, but I was one-to-one. A lot of other people had to work with her in group settings, and from what I was told and from what I understood, this was problematic for her. Part of the problems she started doing towards the end of my time working with her was standing up, going to another child's desk that she was mad at for maybe something on the playground, and eating their paper. As you can imagine, that caused a lot of chaos in the classroom, was not good for her socially, and created problems with the teacher as well. So it was just an overall not a good fit for her in the classroom, is what we finally decided in the end. So we tried all these different combinations to try to make something work where she could still be around her peers that didn't have disabilities and still get the services that she needed and the education she needed. So it was a lot of work. And the mom showed up every time a meeting was called and was never late. And she always had that binder. And again, she always had ideas. Can we try this? Can we try this? And we were always open to doing that. I'd say about 80% of the time. So that to me was the parent that was really, really involved. And I'll tell you that this particular situation did not end on a good note. The family wanted us to cover the cost of sending her into another state to a special school. And that is not something required of a district to have to do. So the family would have to arrange for that on their own. I'm not sure what happened as far as that goes because I left over that summer before any decisions were actually made. So I don't know if the family moved out of the area and went into the area of that school or if some other arrangements were done. And because of confidentiality, I can't ask. But I just thought it was so precious how involved the, this family was. And the mom loved her children with all of her heart. I'm sure the dad did too. I know the dad did too. But I remember several times watching the mom fight back tears and the father knew when that was happening because he would immediately step in and start uh, finishing up what she had started um, asking or just asking questions about what we were talking about. So something to keep in mind with, with your students, with your children, is keep, a, keep an IEP binder around and bring them to the meetings. And it makes everybody's life easier because then you will have right at your fingertips exactly what is going on. I hope someday maybe they'll be able to arrange it so that you would be able to access the IEP online as, as it goes through the year. That would actually kind of be a neat idea and yet scary because it would mean you would have to be really, really, really on top of those report cards. Um, but it's something to think about, I think. In my first year of teaching, I worked with this child. He was multiply disabled. He couldn't walk. He couldn't talk. He could barely move his arms. He couldn't communicate. We were working on a way of setting up yes-no buttons for him, or at least a yes button, so he could communicate at least a little bit with us. I do think he was with us, tuned into the world around us, and he was had to have been frustrated being unable to reach out and really talk. And I think he really wanted to learn to use that button. I had found out he was blind in one eye because they'd removed it due to too much pressure building up with glaucoma and they had taken it out. 
So I'm sitting at an IEP meeting where I find out the mom actually had several of the children already, and uh, this kiddo was her oldest, and she didn't know much about how to care for him. And I can kind of see that. That's got to be a lot to put on a young mom, and she was pretty young. But what startled me was one of the questions she asked me, and if he hadn't been in high school, maybe it wouldn't have startled me. If he had been in a lower grade, say K through third, and she wouldn't know the answer, but she didn't know the answer, and she asked me, she asked us, if he was in a lot of pain when she forgot to give him his drops. I know a bit about glaucoma, and so I had to think on my feet really carefully because here I am a new teacher, so I don't really have a lot of experience to fall back on. How do I answer that? Yes, the child is in a lot of pain when you forget the drops. How can you not know that? That's what I wanted to answer. But I had to answer it nicer than that and still get across the point that it is very important that this kiddo get the drops in his eye so that he won't lose the other eye. So I gently explained that to her as gently as I could. And she seemed to acknowledge that. And I believe for quite a while longer, she was much better about getting those drops into his eyes when he was at home. The school took care of it at school. I had another child who was 12 years old physically, mentally, we guess, between six and seven. I always ask my students who are able to answer the question, what do you want to learn by this time next year? So she told me she wanted to learn 50 new words, how to read 50 new words. And she was an English language learner. So learning English and 50 new words in English and how to read them was a pretty good goal for her. So I set her up for it, wrote it that way, had her come into the meeting. She told everybody what she wanted in that regards. And we had her go back to class which is really, that's a neat idea to do with students. Bring them in for just a little while, have them talk about what they want to learn and how well they think they're doing. And then they can go on and the adults can do the more tedious things. It is always cute to watch that happen. It is really something to do that. Anyway, so I had her all set up on this IEP and she was going along at a steady rate. She met that goal. She was so motivated by it because she picked it and it was something that meant something to her. She met that goal in the first quarter, the first quarter. And I was so proud of her, but I also had to write the IEP being the goal being met. And then she said she wanted another 50 words. So I set that up. And again, first quarter, if not faster than that, I think. So that was a fantastic outcome uh, for an IEP and also shows why it's important to include the students as part of their IEPs as much as possible. So one IEP meeting that was kind of an embarrassment for me, and no matter how much I replay this, there is no way I can figure out how I would have gotten out of being embarrassed through this situation. So my supervisor, I was itinerant, he would pick a day he would go with you in your car, and then your report of how well you're doing as a teacher was based upon that day's work, which I thought was a fantastic way of judging not only caseload size, uh, the children's attitudes, your ability to work with children and adults, and so on. Your whole day is covered. So the day my supervisor chose, I had a really long drive to get out to the school. They were set way out, kind of a charter school thing. And I get there... 
and I start to sign in. The, you always have to sign into schools. Just get used to that. If you're itinerant, you're going to be signing in. And the secretary pointed to the principal's office and said, they're having his IEP right now. The child's condition was my primary uh, focus. He was my student. And so I asked her, when did that get set up? And she wouldn't answer me. But I finally I went into the principal's office with my supervisor on my tail and had to sit there in the middle of this IEP that I knew nothing about and write IEP goals to the kid on the fly. And the parent didn't even like one of them, so I had to throw it out and start over. So the lesson and the outtake of that is be prepared for odd things to happen and always be ready to run on the fly regarding IEP meetings or other last-minute meetings. It's not the only time that kind of stuff has happened. So this story also takes place my first year of teaching. Watch out for your first year of teaching for any of you who are looking at becoming teachers. It's worth doing it, but yeah, surviving that first year is a bit interesting. That being said, I went to an IEP meeting and I assumed that everybody there knew about this child's condition and knew what possible consequences could happen with it if the wrong things should happen, such as a blow to the head, a blow to the chest, or anything like that. The tissue that held everything in place, the heart, the eyes, everything, was too loose. And if she took a blow to the head, the blow to the chest, and so on, it could be that things would be knocked loose. And she was already dealing with one part of her body that this had happened to. And when I started to discuss this with the team, they started asking me questions about that, about this condition, which is, if you want to know Marfan's. They didn't know much about the Marfan condition, and so I was the one explaining it to them. So I'm sitting there, a brand new teacher, talking to people that were a good 20 years older than I was, and explaining to them the condition that this child might suffer should the wrong thing occur. That was difficult to do because I don't want to ever come across disrespectful, but it was also kind of astonishing that, again, the child made it up into her high school years, and she, other than that one area, was okay, and nobody knew about it. Nobody stopped and took the time to research what in the world this disorder or disease that she had was and what could happen. And that really surprised me. I looked into it because I didn't know and I wanted to know. So I think it's important to know about all the conditions all of my students have so I know exactly how they interplay with each other. I had another IEP with this mom. I had the student for years and years and I really liked the mom and I liked her from the get-go. She was very young. She had her kid at a very young age. His disability was complicated, but manageable nowadays. Maybe 30 years ago, it would have been much more difficult to manage, but we've got so far with our medical care that this kid was able to function like an average kid with the exception of his disability. And he was a smart kid. The mom admitted that she knew she was too young to have had him, but she was trying her best and always wanted input as to how she can do things to help him do better. And she 
after I left, I found out that some of the things I'd put in place were removed, and she fought and fought and fought to get those things put back in place. I don't know why all those things happened, but what I did like was just her enthusiasm, her checking in. And the other thing she did, which I just thought was so touching, was she'd make these um, little baggies of things for us. Sometimes they have a little doll in them, like a little worry doll. So I have that still. It's on the side of my computer. And I don't know, just just these little things. And it was just sort of a thank you note attached and a huge appreciation from her for what we did with her kid. And it really did keep a good eye turned towards her. And her kid was well-behaved. You know, he did the minor things you expect children to do, which I actually worry if children don't do. It was just, it was a nice relationship to have with a parent. I did have another kind of awkward situation happen to me. Went into the start of the assessment period. We had a meeting uh, so we could assign roles and then introduce the parents and what we were each going to be doing for the parent to get signatures and all the technical paperwork. From the get-go, you could tell something was not quite right between the mother and the father. Also put in here that this child was adopted. And we were told that his condition was such and such, then we would just need to assess to see how much it affected him and so on and so on. The part, without going into detail about the child, the part that became awkward so we'd get these emails from both of the parents and they would be, if I printed them out, three pages long and small, small type print, ragging on the other parent and just berating them and saying how it's their fault that this child has this disability, which would have been nobody's fault. It would an inherited disability. Now, I know without being told I did the smart thing, which was just basically to forward them to my supervisor and ignore those emails because the last thing as a teacher that I needed to be embroiled in is a fight, a potential divorce fight. I can't remember. They may have already been divorced. To pick which one of them was the worst parent. I'm not going to do that. That's not my job. My job is to assess that child and to see what he needs or maybe he doesn't need anything, but it's not my job to get between two parents that are going at each other's throats. So that was an awkward place to be, and I truly hope that nobody else ever ends up there. Uh, they ended up taking the kid out of the school anyway because they felt that we were not doing a good enough job for the kid. But we were still assessing him, so I wasn't quite sure what that was all about. But I really actually, I hate to say it, the kid was fine. I had no issues with the kid. Nobody did, but we didn't want to be around parents that would email us these novels of complaints. And when we, we did do a second meeting or something, and the parents went in there together, so maybe they weren't divorced, and they were just yelling at each other for a good five minutes. And my supervisor, who tended to be more of a mild-mannered person, she didn't get upset easily, but she stood up and she basically put them in the corner, which actually is just a corner each of the table on the opposite side, but it was really uncomfortable for us to sit there and watch these guys go at it and to get these emails. And 
I really feel sorry for that child and kind of wonder whatever happened with him and hope he's okay. Okay, so I'm winding it up here with this. I will collect more IEP stories out of my memory as time goes by and do another one of these or stories about students. But hopefully it's like a nice breath of fresh air. And if you have been put into one of those situations or you can learn from one of those situations, I hope that works out for you. I also want to let you know that my website is up and going. It's still at the bare bones, but it's www.touchingsuccess.education. The whole word, .education. It's not, it is not .edu. It is .education. So www.touchingsuccess.education. It's just the bare bones, but I plan on starting to post these uh, podcasts on that website as time goes by and I figure out how to. So have a great week and I hopefully will get on to another subject of IEPs next week. Say goodbye, Jojo. Say goodbye. Say bye-bye, Sterling. You're going to wave your foot at me again? We'll take that. We'll take the waved foot.